This episode of File Underwater is brought to you by two things. One, our patrons at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. We just recently restructured our goals. Check them out. Uh, also, we are raising money. Um, one of our friends and hosts of the level, Jala Prendez, uh, needs some, uh, we're raising some money for some medical care that she has to have done. Uh, so we're doing this through a weekend streaming event beginning on July 28th. Uh, come watch, come donate. Um, it's for a good cause. It's for a near and dear friend of ours and of mine personally. And, uh, the medical system in this country is shit. So, uh, you know, this is, this is what we got folks. This is what we have instead of, uh, universal healthcare. We have white guys streaming. So come watch. Um, I'm doing a, so it's going to begin on the 28th at, uh, 1800 hours PST. And uh, on Sunday, I'm going to be doing some game book stuff, uh, some audience participation, choose your own adventure style things uh, I'll be reading on that Sunday. So again, that's the weekend of the 28th of July. Come check it out. Um, go to our website uh, and there'll be links on how to donate and stuff. But go to our website to see how. And uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to File Underwater, the show where we try to convince you that R.E.M. is three-fourths of the greatest rock band of all time. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> now I got sad. Yeah. Uh, uh, this week fucked. we're... <laughs> the, the whole internet loves milkshake fuck. The drummer <laughs> drinks milkshakes and is an R.E.M. Five minutes later, we're going to inform you that Milkshake Buck has quit R.E.M. Oh, no. <laughs> that, 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 would, that would be much better if it was Milkshake Berry. I know, but Milkshake Buck rhymes with duck. Yeah. yeah. It's weird how much staying power the Milkshake Duck tweet has. It's new. It, yeah. It's like it's back now. It's like on T-shirts. It's in Urban Dictionary now. It's very funny. Like Milkshake Duck is a verb. And... It, is, it, is a, it, is a very, uh, it is a very salient device, I think. That applies yeah. uh, to a lot of things, regrettably, that happen online. Um, this week, uh, it's, a, it's kind of an unusual episode for us. We've done this once before. We are reading some of your letters uh, that you have written in, and we are also talking about uh, the two unplugged appearances that REM made um, on MTV's Unplugged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we like to have a little bit of extra content other than just a letter, uh, letters column mm-hmm. on these. So the last one we talked a little bit about... Uh, uh, some some things we'd miss, some live things. Yeah. Uh, we don't really have that, so we wanted a chance to talk about the unplugged thing because those are kind of big deals. Um, we're getting started with uh, with your responses, though. And, uh, boy, do I want to read this one. <laughs> um, well, you have to do it in the voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Smith says, via, Smith raps via <laughs> contact. Uh, what am I singing? What am I playing? What am I translating? Send out and send in. Uh, Brayton, 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 Brayton. That song is driving me crazy. Uh Song is pretty fine on the mass. Listening and making faxes. Now our ears grow up. Private yak riders. All the song radio listeners. That last rhyme didn't work quite as well. <laughs> radio <laughs> listeners. Listeners. Yeah. Um, not a question. No, not a question at all. Just uh, one of the one of the handful of people who wrote in in defense of um uh, of radio song. I was not able in a search to pull them up, and I'm sorry. Uh, some of those might have happened on. 
on Facebook. But yeah, uh, I think that us calling in support to dunk on that song that uh, some people, maybe it's not that they like it, is that they don't dislike it as much as we do, uh, felt the need to come out and, uh, you know, say things in support of. And I will say that when it is uh, the ar- arpeggio uh, on there talking about the world collapsing, it's fine. It's just everything else around it. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we, we, we talked about that during the thing, too. Yeah. You know, I still haven't heard anyone say why they like radio song. <laughs> you know, it, it's just one of those things where they, I've, I've had, I've definitely saw the like, Oh, I like, I like radio song, but nobody, you know, and you don't have to yeah, tell me you why to justify Like we're not. Yeah. But it, it's all, it doesn't change my opinion of it. Like you're, it's, if you were trying to convince me like, Hey, yeah. maybe there's something to the song you have to look at from another angle. Mm-hmm. You have to tell me what that angle is. Yeah. You know, it can't just be like, Hey, the angle is, I like it. Yeah. You know, that's not a good enough angle for me to like it. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, so uh, you know, I'm I'm glad there are people who like it. Um, it was a single, like it charted. Yeah. There were definitely some people who liked it. Um, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of surprised, yeah. and I'd be curious. You know, I said in that episode, like, hey, if you like radio song, write in your defenses. Uh, this that still has not happened. <laughs> a bunch of people have, and this is very cute. Yeah, uh, what Smith did, and a bunch of people are just like, hey, I like radio song, but that is not. I still <laughs> want to know why you like radio song, right? Especially other than the world is collapsing part. Like, right. if you can get into the. Uh, the funk, you know, when I got to the show, <laughs> yo, ho, ho, hey, 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 yo, ho, the pirate's life for me bullshit. Like if you, if you can defend that, please do. Yes. Um, and not that you have to, but if you want to come oh, up to yeah, that, of course. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we will, we will give you a proper hearing. <laughs> yes. Uh, Andrew writes, uh, via contact here, uh, saying, you know, who got me into REM and, and, and this is something we, we saw last time as well. Um, weird Al. That's right. Weird Al Yankovic. Sure, I heard a few REM radio hits growing up in the 90s, Bang and Blame, Losing My Religion, etc. Uh, but it wasn't until I heard Weird, Weird Al's song, Spam, that I thought, hey, what song is this parodying? Stand by REM? That's an REM song? Hey, this song is really good. And hey, this band is really good. That, that was an extended quote there. Uh, so Green was my first REM album, followed by Monster, and then everything in between, as Gary calls it, Middle REM. I don't really have any, any other comments, uh, just that I really love R.E.M., uh, and I'm always curious uh, how people are introduced to certain bands. It's pretty weird that Weird Al brought me into so many new bands and genres. Um, I hope I'm not the only one. Weird Al's great. Yeah. Um, so last time, I think, what is it, like uh, so-and-so's 1,000-foot TV or something? Yeah, Frank's 2,000-inch TV. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. was a style parody. It wasn't actually, like, picking up a particular song, but somebody else was like, oh, I, I like the way that sounds, and, you know, was was led to it. Yeah, um, it's... On and on one hand, it's kind of strange how relevant Weird Al has stayed, because I think he's kind of more popular than ever. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's been very adaptable and has gotten you know, really fast about like if a song breaks big and he has a parody, he just puts it out now. Like he's, he's gotten really good at it, but like he's an incredibly talented man. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Well, and he's also become more of a personality. He started appearing on like podcast circuits and then he became the band leader mm-hmm. uh, on the comedy bang bang TV show. Um, his last record, he put out a video for every song mm-hmm. on it. So it was like very quick and very digestible and the videos are funny. Um, like they're, you know, people share them on YouTube. Like he's very adept yeah. at picking up on this stuff. Like, um, yeah. And there's definitely bands I got into, you know, or versions I heard. Um, I think the first time I heard the police, mm. uh, or like had that police breakthrough, like I knew heard a couple of radio singles, but, um, they had a, uh, uh, it's a parody of King of pain that's on, um, uh, weird Allen 3d, mm. um, which is a, 
and that that's a that's a good police song. Yeah. You know, like late late era police song. Um and I remember hearing that and being like, this is fantastic. <laughs> like I'm not even really listening to these like jokey goofy lyrics. Like I just wanted to hear the song and then got more into the police. Yeah. Um so like, I, I had a similar experience with that. Yeah. We like weirdly, and I know this is gonna sound crazy to somebody who's even like three years older than me, um, Weird Al got me into Michael Jackson. Hmm. Like that was my first real exposure because when I was growing up and like first hearing a lot of songs on the radio, it was like after Michael Jackson was kind of at his peak, but Weird Al had continued um, to do, you know, Michael Jackson parodies um, of like stuff that was really good. So like I didn't hear beat it. I heard eat it, you know, and like this Hmm. is like that is an amazing song regardless of what the lyrical content is. Yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah, this is like this is Michael Jackson. And like that was weirdly a bit of a bit of an intro to that for me. Also eat it also on in 3d. Oh, um, which is like, you know, was a, uh, an album that like was kind of a commercial flop mm-hmm. and critical flop, uh, in the weird Al behind the music. They talk about that. <laughs> um, but it is, uh, had a bunch of good songs on it. Here's something that you may be, your, you may or may not know. Did you know that weird or uh, Michael Jackson demoed all of his songs with just his voice? What? Like he did, he did all the instruments with his voice. And demo them that way, and there are some of them on YouTube, and they're incredible. Huh? So, so if if if, if I say the word, are you going to do the Neil Cicerega thing? Like all of it was mouth sounds? Huh? Some God, yeah. <laughs> some, 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 some. Yeah, like yes. No, but it, it's a, if you listen to it, you know. So they have like uh, beat it, yeah. And it's him going like, and he's doing like, like doing drums and doing everything. That's tremendous. He planned it all out with his voice, and then they got it's really cool as here, yeah, like no, to hear. I, I had no idea that I need to go find that like right away. It's pretty neat. I don't know how many of them are on YouTube, but there's definitely a couple. Yeah. Um, pretty pretty cool thing, mm-hmm. you know, to do. I think um, it reminds me uh, Petra Hayden, who was in the Rentals, did an entire cover of um, a Who album like that hmm. as well. That's really it's a. Uh, it's the one that has I can see for miles on. I don't remember who's, who album that is. Yeah. But um, it's a really, really cool. It sounds really neat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a similar experience that I also uh, I can't remember exactly how I got into R.E.M. other than just kind of hearing them on the radio and getting into tapes. But my R.E.M. and my Weird Al phase were overlapped, mm. you know, so I, I had uh, I listened to those tapes all together. Yeah, my, mine, mine were separate, but I can totally see the link. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Steven says by contact when I was a teenager, I remember enjoying losing my religion whenever I heard it on the radio or saw the video on TV. I wouldn't say it was a huge favorite or anything, but it left an impression on me. It's since grown on to me, grown on me to be one of my favorite songs. The music videos references to paintings and mythology combined with the song's dark and yearning tone made it right at my alley. It's difficult to describe the bizarre experience of buying out of time and then hearing radio song as the opening track though. <laughs> REM is a weird band. They make some incredible music and some baffling creative decisions that shouldn't work or don't. Uh, sometimes they do both at the same time and it is magical. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, that's well put. Yeah. You're uh, preaching the choir. Like that's what makes this show fun to do, you know, yeah. is like that, that, that last, uh, that last scenario. Um, yeah. In its entirety. I've, uh, I've recently, uh, I learned how to play losing my religion on, on the uke hmm. and uh, it's so simple. Yeah. You know, it's just like just a couple of chords. And uh, it's funny how they're always just like, yeah, you know, it's kind of, you know, we decided to really switch it up and switch instruments. And, you know, I talked about this on the episode, <laughs> but like it's literally, you know, oh, this song is incredibly simple. 
you know, and that naivete, like it sounds impressive to you because it's on a mandolin. Right, right. But any if you're just going between A minor and E minor, it's honestly not that impressive. Like, <laughs> right. you know, and that's all that song is really. Yeah, it's it's even easier on guitar. Totally. Like, I imagine so. Like, <laughs> so. But it, it, again, it, it, it just works, though. Yep. You know, so. Now, yeah. what, what is that? I think we said it in the uh, in the intro, like anybody could play those chords that Peter Buck is doing, but he put them in the right order. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. David writes. I'm from Sydney, Australia. I found your podcast last week uh, and have been listening to it on the drive to work and during the day. I just got to your Dead Letter Office episode and wanted to write in for maybe an upcoming episode. I'm an REM fan. I'm 37, born in 1980. Uh, My parents didn't listen to them. Being from overseas, their earlier stuff would have been rare. I first picked them up in the early 90s when I developed a love of music. I began to buy their albums uh, that I could find. I really love all of the links to the live stuff uh, because I only got to see them live once when they toured for Around the Sun. I love your approach uh, to this, and the background stuff is interesting. Funny about opinions on songs. Sometimes I agree, um, and sometimes I don't, but I like your passion. Internet discussions about ranking the albums always turn ugly, but we can all agree that Jazz Lips is a crime against music. <laughs> um, looking forward. Have you heard Hot Java? Okay. <laughs> oh, the, there's always more, and it's always worse, my friend. Java. <laughs> Some hot Java. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing your episodes um, on the albums uh, where I first came in, uh, green to automatic, uh, and your opinions. So, hello from Australia, and thank you. So, all of that is a preamble to this, and I'm not sure how I can answer this, uh, that I have an answer for this question, but we might as well put it out. Um, can I suggest that you could discuss and ask uh, if there was a Hollywood biopic of the band uh, that was made, which actors would play the band members? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's tricky. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, it, it's uh, it's definitely kind of hard. So Michael Stipe would definitely be Tilda Swindon. <laughs> Um, <laughs> obviously, yeah, yeah obviously that's like a no brainer. I was like, I was going in, um, oh, let's, uh, let's do Peter Buck would be Michael Fassbender. Oh, that's, that's actually very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to think of like a non-jokey answer for Bill Barry. That doesn't mean to Bill Barry. Cause my Bill Barry symp- sympathy levels are really high right now. <laughs> they're, they're really, really yeah. high. They're higher. They're like higher yeah. than they've ever been. I mean, um, it had to be something like Vincent D'Onofrio or something like yeah. somebody with like kind of presence, like not, you know, super fat kingpin, Vincent D'Onofrio, right, but right. skinny. You know, skinny Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I could see Vincent D'Onofrio doing it. Like, weirdly enough, I was thinking, like, Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I could see Either that. Jake could... Gyllenhaal would be a fine Peter Buck, too. Yeah. Um, Mills or would Joaquin be... Phoenix. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Walking Phoenix would be perfect, actually. I want yeah. Walking Phoenix. Um, yeah. let, let's save Gyllenhaal for Mills, I think. Yeah. As, like, the, nope. the, the quiet, soft-spoken. All of this is, uh, is, is, like, literally just on acting... Like like the generally the roles they kind of play and general appearance, mm. I I have no idea how any of these people would sing. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. Uh, I assume Tilda Swinton can sing. Oh yeah, but she can yeah. do anything. Yeah, I mean, she's like a magical, you know, <laughs> Bjorkling from the the Bjork the extended Bjorkverse. <laughs> <laughs> she, like, she she butted off a of Bjork at the time of yeah. her landing at the impact crater. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so that's our guess. But if you if you guys have guesses, hit us up on on Twitter or on Slack and stuff. Yeah. Or not guesses, but you know pitches for that. Yeah. 
and finally, uh, James says by contact. Uh, this is James, the I work with REM guy from the last mailbag. Hey, James. Yeah. Um, as I live in Athens, if you guys are ever serious about doing a let's tour the REM sites in Athens trip at any point, please let me know. I have a spare bedroom uh, and a Neo Geo MVS cabinet with wind jammers in the garage. It's pretty rad. Yeah. Uh, so hit me up if you need a place to crash. Thank you, James. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't promise that any of the band members will be around, but we can drop in on their admin office and meet uh, those folks. Uh, Kevin and Mercer are great. Maybe Burgess will be there, mm. but there's tons of cool band tchotchkes in there. And we can tour my office with both a conference room covered in REM, RIAA sales plaques. Accounting. <laughs> and yes, in spite of going out of business about five times, Weaver D's is open for business again. Yes, Dexter literally responds automatic to any query, and a normal person would say, okay. Uh, definitely check out the Grit Restaurant and Go Bar, uh, of which Stipe is the landlord, and also because they're good. Not to be pushy or creepy, but think about it. We're not all Trump voters down here. We don't, I don't think. I never no, thought. No, no. Um, yeah, like, uh, you can't ignore land us. It was very funny. Um, <laughs> the, uh, it, it wouldn't put us out uh, to have guests for a few days. It'd be a good opportunity for a field report episode of File Underwater. Um, that's a fun idea. Um, I'm just angling for an executive producer credit at this point. So I'll stop. Um, initially, uh, the kid from the, it's the end of the world. as We know it video grew up around here and started a punk band that played the 40 watt club about 10 years back. Hmm. Oh, maybe that was cat, Butt. Oh. the, um, cat, cat, butt two or something like that. I don't think <laughs> the return of cat, butt. <laughs> yeah. Cat, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that is, that is a really fun idea. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I have no idea yeah. if, uh, if we do that, but that would be a fun, like, I wish the show was more popular so we could definitely justify. Oh yeah. Yeah. Two plane tickets. <laughs> Cause like, I mean, it'd be like the, so the logistics of that, right. So like time off and then probably like 900 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. To get us down. I mean, at least to get me. Well, I, would, I don't know. Uh, like I, I would drive like that's a, that, that, that's like yeah. an eight hour drive. That's not a huge problem so, for me. So like, you know, $450 to get me down there, uh-huh. um, you know, and then, uh, it's a cool idea actually. Yeah. So like yeah maybe it is. well like if we ended yeah. up doing like dragon con or something like that we could we, we could book extra time and go over there oh 100 like we yeah. do it if we if we were ever in the neighborhood yeah you know, and stuff <laughs> like i keep uh uh my girlfriend her sister owns an airbnb in new orleans okay so like part of me i'm like i think like i am we're going to go down there at some point i'm going to visit jeremy greer oh nice uh, who's down there but then also i'm going to go on this like gabriel night tour i've been like <laughs> oh my god talking about for a long that time. sounds so cool <laughs> Yeah, it was, I was just like, it's all touristy shit, right? Uh-huh. Like that, he yeah. was not like, you know, all the secret stuff. But I'm like, you know, this is going to sound really dorky, but, but you know, uh, you should come with me to this thing. I'm going to go to all these game locations uh-huh. and just like text my friend Derek pictures of them with quotes of <laughs> Gabriel Knight for a whole weekend. And it's going to be literally the fucking best. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> like who doesn't, I want to go to that, that, that cemetery. I want to uh-huh. go to the Voodoo Museum. Uh-huh. Like I'm going to go up and be like, can you tell me some of the Voodoo Loa? And then the guys go like, the first one is Ogon Baragri. And I'm going to go, <laughs> um and i would you know like doing i know it's not exactly the same Uh uh, place like the south is not all one big conglomerate thing to me but like Mm -hmm. bundling that in with something would make tons of sense yeah yeah you know um i would i would love to go on a a tour like an rem tour yeah yeah so let's keep a pin in that (laughs) yeah yeah you know not saying no but not saying yes because it's a busy time. Yeah. But the, uh, but the, but the, uh, uh, the, the offer is appreciated and I'm very oh, happy absolutely. to hear these details, you know, like yeah, the Weaver yeah. D's is still around. Yeah. And even if we didn't, uh, you know, if we went down into this or if one of us went down into this and like, didn't stay in your guest room because mm-hmm. it's a little weird. Cause you're an internet stranger. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely meet up and like, you know, have a beer and go look at this other stuff. Yeah. You know, with you like for sure, you know? Um, yeah, that's cool. Thank you, James. Yeah. That's great. 
Um, let's talk a little bit about, so that's the letters. Thank you guys very much for writing in. The, those we'll do, are the letters. We're going to be doing another one of those at the very end of this series um, after yeah. Collapse into Now. Mm-hmm. Um, and those will be the three for this uh, this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, we don't want to make these super short since these come out every two weeks instead of like an extra episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're also going to talk a little bit about um, REM Unplugged. Yes. Um, so um, this is two performances that were separated by um, 10 years. They did yeah. one in 1991 around the time that uh, Out of Time came out. Um, and another uh, that was kind of in support of the release of Reveal in 2001. And uh, it occurs to me, like, there are people who are listening to this who probably don't know what Unplugged is and kind of what it is culturally. Oh, wow. That... Right? Like, isn't that weird? But yeah, it's probably true. Very strange, um, yeah. Like they, I mean, I'm sure they know what the word means. Oh, of course, yeah. But just, uh, like, the, the, the fixture that that was um, yeah. and how, like, a lot of these iconic performances by a lot of bands happened in this super stripped-down space that um, MTV kind of created um, and just let them go, like, do crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would do, it was very, uh, and there were, there were tons of these. And a lot of times it would be, um, you know, kind of like, uh, older musicians that had been around for a little while. Yeah. You know, it wasn't these kind of like flash in the pan things. Um, the REM one was very famous, um, because it's, it's really high quality and because they didn't tour mm-hmm. for out of time. So this was an opportunity to see REM do live stuff during out of time, which like people wanted. It was a huge hit album. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, uh, being in high school and having a a teacher who who made me a tape of a bootleg of this. Oh yeah, and it being like the coolest thing. Like I bonded oh. with this cool teacher over our love of REM. Yeah, and him like and me wearing out the tape. Like I loved it. <laughs> well, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's both of these are actually very good. Yeah. Um, the second one leans on like some material I like from Reveal. Some of it's mm-hmm. a little weaker. Yep. Um, the first one is pretty impeccable, and the re-release that came out that you can get on uh, Apple Music uh, called REM Unplugged 1991 2001 mm-hmm. is awesome because it has performances that were not aired, right? Um, from the 1991 one at the very least. Yeah, like that. Like that was released as like a like a record day thing. Um, yeah. Here, not not terribly long ago, um, and like Mike Mills went around and like did signings of it. Um, kind of in support of that. So like this was like a, like a bit of a treat for fans. Yes. Yeah. Um, would have been very, very cool to, to be there mm-hmm. and see something like because it's a very intimate show. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, if you're thinking like MTV unplugged, what am I thinking of? What am I thinking of? Um, Nirvana had like one of the most famous. Oh yeah. Uh, Nirvana is another one that like got packaged on its own Yeah, and, and sold as a very popular album. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also one that people always bring on guests, you know, for these things because they need to uh, kind of fill out their sound. Mm-hmm. And that was the Nirvana unplugged one was the first time I heard of the meat puppets. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause they brought those guys on and yeah. meat puppets are a good band in their own right. Yeah. And um, good and bad. Like the meat puppets have some unlistenable garbage, but yeah, yeah. They, they have some really good records. So well. like the, the, the Nirvana, the Nirvana one was great because like Cobain would say like, like actually tell the story a little bit of like the cover that they were doing. So like, Oh, this is like the Vaselines and you know, here's where I heard it first and let's do it. Like, yeah, I got exposed to a lot of to a lot of things that, you know, Kurt Cobain really enjoyed off the back of that. And he was way more of a mystery. You know, he yes. just needed somebody to let him in because <laughs> um, the, uh, they, they, he was uh, or, or let them into him. Um, yeah, he was, you know, he was way more uh, enigmatic, enigmatic and stipulous, too. But this is a little bit less than that. Yeah. You know, like he is, he's a little bit further along and he tells little stories and stuff yeah. in this as well. There's kind of fun banter. Mm hmm. I'm doing there. So it's kind of like, we're not gonna go song by song. We're going to talk about the sets kind of generally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and kind of standouts. Mm-hmm. 
of each one. And then, uh, yeah, that, that's really, that's about it. Yeah. Um, I love that these have an official release. Yeah. And the 2001 one was kind of after I jumped off of REM. Mm-hmm. Um, like I picked up Reveal, but I didn't really follow it. I didn't have a TV. So I didn't know about the uh, 2001 Unplugged until I found this on Apple Music. Yeah. Uh, when I first got Apple Music. So I was very happy to like know that it's cataloged. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a weird choice for them to open up, um, the first one with half a world away. I, I, I it, love that. Choice. It works so good. It's well, yeah. <laughs> like it is it, like, it is a, like, unexpected, I guess, rather than mm. being weird. Like, I, I don't want to bring any value judgment to it, but just saying like, oh, that like, that is not obvious. In general, it's a very varied, uh, set list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you recall from the, uh, out of time episode, that's my, that's my, my first and my first of that album. That's my, mm-hmm. my fave. Yeah. Um, I, I love, uh, love this performance of it as well. Um, it really kind of sings acoustically. Yeah. You know, uh, very, very rich. Yeah. Um, and like pretty much in general, this doesn't fall into the usual acoustic version trap of everything being slow and drawn out. The, yeah. um, um, the, the, the choices that they make, um, for what to adapt and how they do it end up retaining a lot of the energy and bring some kind of nuances of the performance out in a way that like, I think is promised in a lot of acoustic versions, you know, especially like acoustic live versions, uh, but, but isn't, isn't always followed up on. There's only like one thing on here where I think like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy to hear the novelty of that. Okay. Two um, specifically like it's the end of the world and pop song 89. I do not think work acoustic. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a little bit, uh, especially like pop song 89. It's a little bit closer to the uh, shitty demo version. Yeah. That we heard before. Like it doesn't, doesn't totally work. Um, radio song shows up on here, yeah. Which it, like they, you know, they're promoting it as a single from that album. They'd have to, mm-hmm. and that's a weird song with just kind of without the rap break. Yep. Like it's it's a it doesn't make it that much better because it still has the the pirate's life for me part. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, so th- I think this the first set kind of starts out, you know, it starts out with half a world way as we mentioned, mm-hmm. and then goes a disturbance at the Heron House, which is a little bit of a weird choice too. Yeah. Um, which works out well, but that's not a single. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not, you know, that was a couple albums ago, you know, it's just definitely odd. Yeah. Like the, the, there are so few kind of reaches back to the IRS years in this, like most of it is, you know, from Warner that like you have to, you know, kind of read into why they made those choices. I like disturbance at the Heron house just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's like another one of those weird curveball choices and I'm happy yeah. to hear an acoustic version of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, they, they do kind of like unremarkable versions of the singles and big songs from out of time. Right. Really. So half a world away works really well and, and mostly because of its place in the set list, mm-hmm. but then they do kind of like somewhat. And then that, the weird radio song, they do kind of uh perfunctory versions, uh, losing my religion, mm-hmm. which is a good performance, but it's also that song is very acoustic kind of generally. Yeah. It doesn't uh, bring a lot new to it to hear it without um, the, the, the production on top of it. Right. Yeah. And they do uh, low and belong, um, which kind of make a, a sense, even though I think both those songs kind of don't benefit very much from this treatment. No, no. They kind of they kind of lie flat for me. Yeah. People people lost their shit about belong when that, when yeah. that showed up. That was a big um, like weirdly enough, that was a very popular song from that album. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, we don't need to like, go over like the songs in general again, mm-hmm. but like it's it's weird to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um in this post REM world, it's <laughs> like really concrete reminders that these guys were gigantic rock stars. Yeah. You know, is, is an, is an odd thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of, you know, while, while we're talking about odd choices, 
um a couple things like like they they paired Endgame and Fretless together. That is so both of those were not on the original version. Right. Um those were not uh, and those are very very strange. Yeah. Um like so doing Fretless at all is is an odd mm-hmm. choice. And like we talked about Fretless and you know that's a, like a song I feel a little bit mixed about. Yeah. Um listening to it again on here I kind of felt I liked it a little bit more mostly because of the really weird long outro. Yeah the song has like it starts like i don't like the verses of this the very beginning of it mm-hmm. but it gets weird and cool yeah eventually um and this kind of underlines it like doing this this acoustic way and like nobody in the audience had heard this song before like they weren't going to really push it you know mm-hmm. it was just definitely an odd choice yeah yeah, yeah. uh you know who knows it, it, like it, it seems by including this in the in the release version uh, makes sense why it didn't pop out on TV, uh, including in the release version is like, Hey, we're throwing people bones. Yeah. Yeah. And they recorded it like it was, you know, it was captured. Yeah. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. They, they, the, a couple of the polls that they make from IRS years are actually really good. Um, they've got a, a fall on me here, mm-hmm. um, which always, you know, soars. Like, I don't, I don't care. They could do this. They could do an eight bit version of fall, fall on me and it would still sound fucking beautiful. I bet you that exists. Um, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Swan yeah. Swung Hummingbird, which feels like a really natural fit for this kind of chamber uh, kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and really, really works. And it's a weird song. Like, I like how both these sets are not kind of afraid to expose, uh, you know, squares to like weird REM. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And then um, they do Rotary 11, which is a super weird choice. Yeah. Um, not Rotary 10, not the one that's on an album. <laughs> Rotary 11, the weird B-side. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, kind of ends with uh, World Leader Pretend, which I love that they didn't end with, like, you know, a big, like, a big song from Out of Time. Yeah. They go back to the last record to a non-single mm-hmm. that they just wanted to give the treatment. Yeah. Like, all in all, it's a very classy kind of set. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in, the, in the sense that they get, you know, when we talk about these, you know, weird curveballs, by putting the weird stuff in, you know, you, you, you get the sense they believed that this would work. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they, they put their back into it and this wasn't an entirely mercenary move. Um, no, you exactly. know, like, Hey, we're going to be on, we're going to be on MTV at a time when that was still a really, really big deal. Um, and that wouldn't be true, you know, 10 years later when they went back again, <laughs> um, you know, so like it, it is like this weird authenticity play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, and I like that creativity because it's not just like what you said, like they want to put their their backs behind it. But also I think that they when they do these promotional tours or they do these non-standard appearances, they take it as an opportunity to to do weird shit yeah. in general. Because like none of those weird songs we mentioned are going to end up in a set list on a tour. No, no. You know, like it's not like, oh, we're going to do Rotary 11 70 percent of the nights. <laughs> you know, It's like, oh, no, you're not like, no, like no. you know. Jefferson Holt is going to run out of the backstage going, whoa, 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 <laughs> like you're planning the, the set, set list. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's not going to happen. It's, it's, um, it's like Bob Dylan going electric. He runs up and pulls all the plugs out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and then just like when he looks over him, he just like rubs his fingers together and does the money sign. <laughs> the finger thing means taxes. Uh, yeah. But, but very good set. And it's interesting as a pairing uh, to the second set, mm-hmm. um, the 2001 set. Which is an opportunity for them to do. Uh, do you know if they toured for Reveal? I don't. Was know. this a similar situation where they were? Yeah, I'm not that far in my reading and yeah, research. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure they toured for Reveal. 
I, I, yeah. th- I think that they were still they were still in a mode where they wanted to like get as much FaceTime as possible, and also reveal was like gigantic outside of the U.S. Yeah. Um, so I like I I don't know for sure, but if they didn't do a European tour for that, that would be ridiculous. That would be a, a strange thing. So they probably toured. Them going back and doing this unplugged again is kind of it's harder to know the the kind of story behind it or the motivations mm-hmm. behind it, and I think it kind of comes through in their personalities in it. Yeah. You know, like they they sound a little bit like ty- more tired mm-hmm. here and it's a little bit less novel and maybe like I think that kind of comes through a little bit in the performances. Yeah. Some of them are very good and it's very cool to hear some of these songs done with this treatment, but yeah. like, it's a little less like vital sounding. Yeah. The, and, and there are so many songs on here that are from a reveal that are stripped of reveals production mm-hmm. um, and they work a lot better for it. You know, I so think something so. like All the Way to Reno, I'm I'm pretty fond of that song, but hearing it done uh with you know like just as stripped down as possible actually does you know <laughs> reveal hey you didn't need to hide behind a bunch of that stuff very much so like like the you know every reveal song is 20 20% too long at the very least i think mm-hmm. and reveal as an album um listening to like i didn't like it that much when it came out mm-hmm. i did some preview listening for the show and i was like no you know there are good songs on here yeah. like um but they all have that production and they all have this kind of like very samey um like kind of electronic reverb on it mm-hmm. and everything and hearing anything stripped of that yeah. uh, is really appealing. And it makes me want to hear the whole album in that, you know, in that kind of sense. Yeah. And like, maybe it's true. Like maybe there's a live, you know, compilation or they, they released a live album for this that I don't know about, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which would be a cool thing, a cool thing to find. Yeah. Um, because, <laughs> uh, yeah. But that's like a monkey's polish because the live version of imitation of life is nowhere near as good as the, well, as the album version. <laughs> well, that that's the exception though. Yeah. Because if I'm going to listen to something like, um, you know, Disappear. Yeah. Like I think Disappear is much better on here than it is on the record. It's very good here. Yeah. Um, so this starts off with All the Way to Reno, which is the second single from Reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, video directed by Michael Moore. Mm. Um, yeah. And just a bunch of kids in a gymnasium. <laughs> like It's, it's, it's a very Michael Moore thing. I, I honed like I was surprised, but I was like, oh, I forgot. I forgot that that's, that was the one that they did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but it, it, this, uh, this treatment makes this song work like really well mm-hmm. i think yeah um it works great um and you know i think a lot of the stuff that we're saying about about reveal also works for some of the cuts they pull from up as well you know yeah. because you know those are you know such uh you know everybody associates associates them with like the instrumentation being electronic but like day sleeper or at my most beautiful laid bare um is still like incredibly tender in a way that in, in a way that comes through here in a way that it doesn't on the album. Yeah. Even, I mean, and sometimes it does come through on the album, right? Like yeah. even the album version, um, like day sleeper is one of the best REM singles. Yeah. And even the album version of it, like, I think that song is, is really, really phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but specifically for something like at my most beautiful, which is a real kind of, so that's the, um, the third song on this, but it's, uh, that song on the album version of it does sound like they, I mean, they set out to ape the beach boys mm-hmm. and they're very much aping the beach boys. Yeah on it um you know god only knows style like you know harmonies kind of like sweet <laughs> pop and stripping some of that away helps it so much not that i dislike that you know in general but it just mm-hmm. makes it feel um like a like an emotion somebody could actually have rather than like makes it feel less calculated yeah 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 um there's this whole run of this uh of of this unplugged performance that is just songs from Re- reveal and i they feel they end with that yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. like a it's like a whole medley of it, and I feel a little bit strange 
feels a little bit carpet carpet for the horse to you know fixate on that because like that would just be a preview of us talking about like why i think beat a drum works <laughs> yeah yeah the um it's i i agree like it's more about the kind of production i think we kind of talked about the generality yeah yeah you know like it is uh, uh the important thing is that um stripping away that production you know that production can help mm-hmm. songs um here uh it didn't necessarily help them on reveal and it yeah. helps them here yeah i wish that either not the first one obviously and i wish this had some songs from monster on it yeah like that's a, that's an album i would love to see some of the production stripped away on mm-hmm. um you know like i i can i would love to see it might not work but i would watch it i would listen to an acoustic version of what's the frequency kind of yep you know it's like such a rock song but yeah, like so simple <laughs> yeah, like I, I would love to see what they did to compensate for the fact that they didn't have the uh, the hum on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, when they reach back, you know, they've got one song from New Adventures in Hi-Fi, like Electrolyte, which fits in so well with mm-hmm. uh, with the up and reveal uh, kind of a, a sound that they were in at this time. Um, and they go back even further, so they get South Central Rain, which is like like an obvious thing to pull up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah wait a minute i'm looking at the wikipedia thing they've got bob dylan credited on country feedback in general or on this version uh i have no idea oh, <laughs> like it's just listed there i'm like did we miss something that bob dylan contributed to country feedback there's no way that we read three books and none of them said that <laughs> right unless it came out like it was like a sonic three and michael jackson thing <laughs> uh let's hear although uncredited the unplugged rendition rendition of country feedback contains lines from like a rolling stone written by bob oh, dylan gotcha. yeah he just he just adds in some lyrics okay Woo! Okay. Say, that would be like With, uh, no wonder no one likes this show <laughs> <laughs> we're assholes yeah like, you don't know shit <laughs> um, i was looking at this because like country feedback is such a great poll you, you you get something so like that is pulled from uh from out of time and cuyahoga is pulled from life search pageant both of those are amazing songs but like they're they're very clearly like the uh members favorites so mm-hmm. michael stipe loves country feedback and mike mills is like nutso for cuyahoga so for yeah. this this small little like hey something for us uh section comes through like it's a time when they really come alive in this yeah yeah and they even say it like i think when they do cuyahoga he's like or when he says south central rain actually he's like uh-huh. this is a very pretty old song yeah you know like this is like we're reminding ourselves almost that oh we did that yeah yeah like, like this is this is our favorite thing we've ever done or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah, extremely, uh, extremely sweet. Yeah. Um, the, those, that kind of stretch. Um, after that, they get into the, um, you know, some hits. They do Imitation of Life, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this benefits from being a studio version rather than an acoustic version. Yeah. Uh, part of it. So the, the, the changes are made purely for vocal consideration on uh, on Michael Stipe's part, because in the in the studio version, uh, the chorus is very high and, mm-hmm. it's, and, and, it's, and it's very sustained and helped by the production and the reverb in a way that him being in that register uh, wouldn't really be borne out uh, yeah. you know, w- w- without the benefit of that. So like imitation of life doesn't soar like you would want it to in the, uh, in, in the acoustic version and the verses can only carry it so far. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's a little bit worse version, but they had to do that. That was the lead single yeah. from reveal. Um, they do uh, the one I love. Uh, and they do find the river, which is a weird choice. Like that's not something I don't think yeah, they maybe had not done that live before. Mm-hmm. Maybe period. Yeah. Um, it's a good song. Uh, the one I love is a little bit obvious. Yeah. The find the river is really good. This version of it's very good. Yeah. 
Um, I think that the weird thing that happens with acoustic music that uh, can help is also less control over levels. Uh-huh. You know, so that kind of melodica that plays in this has to be kind of at full bore <laughs> the whole time. Like you can only, you know, you can blow softer, but yeah. the, um, you know, I think the fact that it's not mixed perfectly actually really helps that. Yeah. Um, and then they, then you get into the reveal stretch of kind of like reveal. I don't know what to call these. I think that um, I've been high. might have been a single. Like one of these might yeah. have been a single as well. Yeah. Um, but like uh, disappear was a single, I believe. And then I've been high was also, um, if not a single, I believe it charted. Yeah. Um, so, so kind of like, you know, not, not the first song you think of with reveal, but some kind of like also rams. Yeah. It's like the, like, all... the like the bread and butter of reveal because like they, they are all part of the like incredibly earnest tone of like the subject matter of that. Yeah. 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 Um, and they're all songs that like, I never know what song it is until it gets to the chorus. Yeah. Even if I like it, like just by the title, like it's very hard for me to remember, Mm -hmm. you know, I know the chorus of I've been high, but if I hear the beginning of it, like all these songs and we'll get to it when we get to that album, like all these songs take a while, a little while to get going. Mm -hmm. And consequently, like a lot of times it takes me a little while to remember that I like them. Yeah. You know, um, they all kind of end up like they end up taking a turn into something that I like, but I don't know where they're going. Right, Right. And that's really kind of exacerbated here for me. Um, just because I'm not, I'm listening to it in a new context where it's out of a different sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have to actually like really know the song. And part of that is just, I don't know the songs quite as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I'm a little bit better. Like this was a kind of a crowd pleaser for me, a crowd of one, me sitting in my, yeah. in my living room <laughs> alone. Yeah. <laughs> World's number one reveal fan. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, play the lifting. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like that's why you should start tweeting at Millsy. <laughs> Play the lifting. <laughs> like, Where? What are you talking about, Ross? Baseball project <laughs> covers. I've been high. <laughs> Michael Stipe isn't here. And then, and then when he says what, and then I respond with baseball project plays parakeet. <laughs> like we just like, go through as the champions for unpopular like REM albums. Yeah. Why not smile, Millsy? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, um yeah this is this is funny for exactly like four people like nobody <laughs> gets um but they end with an up song they end with sad professor mm-hmm. um which is a, a i think really works on here yeah that like kind of a cool like classic dramatic chorus rem song mm-hmm. um that has a really kind of annoying title that's too on the nose yeah and then becomes better than this like you know then it lets on yeah again i'm happy they didn't end with like oh here and here's losing my religion as part of the encore yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because, it's kind of stuck in the middle. Yeah, because because in general, like this this set list is a little bit more a little bit more up the middle um than the first one. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. And definitely kind of comes across as a little bit more like the way they talk about it, like you can tell the band is not quite as like energetic mm-hmm. at this point. Even just kind of in hearing them talk between songs. Like this feels a little bit more like an obligation. Like it's possible this is just in the middle of a tour or something too, but or they're just ten years older. Oh man, that, like that, that 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 last one most of all, I think. Yeah, I think that that's the case. So, um, and then it makes that that makes this an interesting kind of like transition when we eventually get to uh, accelerate and collapse into now. Yeah. When the band makes a, a a concentrated effort to be kind of young and fast again, with you know not entirely disastrous, but also like you know kind of uneven results. Yeah. But so. you get to see a little bit of that on its way here. Mm-hmm. So. 
this coverage is actually kind of well-placed because we are looking back and looking forward. 1991, that was another kind of inflection point for them right before they broke big. And, you know, 2001, they were well into, you know, the territory of like, we are the band, you know, like up and reveal our representative of us. And so these two paired snapshots, you know, (laughs) straddled between new adventures and up, uh, you know, it makes sense to talk about this now. Yeah, I think so too. And it also is like a tantalizing, like, you know, thing for me just where, um, I want to, I haven't read that far ahead, but I want to get the story of like, I want to know what the story was behind reveal, like the intentionality behind it. And really what the, the intentionality was and thoughts were on around the sun, Yeah, which like, you know, reveal like has its defender and then there's, (laughs) (laughs) but around the sun is kind of universally. Someone in Germany just got very upset at you. I mean, I, I'm, I don't hate reveal, right. but like, you know, I don't like around the sun very much. I think it has yeah. like exactly like one or two good songs and like, yeah, yeah, you know, and then the good songs are not that noteworthy. They're just, they sound like REM. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, so I'm, I'll be really curious to see like what the band thought of that, what the yeah. circumstances were, were, I'm going to have to, where they came <laughs> out and like, what a fucking stinker. If they came out being like, Oh, we think it's really strong. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to lash myself to the bow to listen to around the sun. <laughs> It's going to, it's going to be intentional. Yeah. You know, like it's, I'm going to have to sit down and just be like, I can't do anything else because I know all of this will just bounce off my head. Yeah. These are the REM songs I've heard the least, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's going to be tricky, but I'm still looking forward to it because why wouldn't I be, you know, it's like, it's still going to be fun to look at it from that angle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. yeah. So thank you to everybody who wrote in. Um, if you want to write in for the next letter section, I you know I go back and basically look at everything that is sent. Um, so don't wait for us to make the call. You know, if you're listening or you have a response, uh, if we uh, insult your own personal radio song, go to either fileunderwater.net and use that contact link, or go to uh, slash contact in order to uh, to send those our way. We like seeing it. Uh, we like knowing that you're out there. This is fun for us. Like we've mm-hmm. kind of talked about it. Like we're not trying to be shitty by saying nobody listens to this. This is very much like us playing to a very small and intimate crowd, much like uh, an unplugged performance. Yes, exactly. Like this, it's always vile underwater unplugged. Yep. <laughs> and unplugged for us. Um, yeah. So thank you guys very much for listening. Um, if you like the show, uh, tell your friends, rate and review it. And then most importantly, go to patreon.com slash duckfeed TV and uh, support your boys. Um you know, maybe not, not your main boy, not Millsy, but like your, your <laughs> secondary boys. Yeah. A Billsy and Killsy. <laughs> Killsy Billsy. I was using my last name rather than my first name for some reason. Gilsy. I think Gilsy. Gilsy. Yeah. Uh, Gilsy. Name, name Gilsy of, a, of a fish with moxie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got Gilsy, baby. Or a soda for fish. <laughs> Just pour a little into the top of the tank. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Sticks, sticks up his little fish thumb. Yeah, my fish doesn't have very much pep and you just pour a little soda into the tank and then like they put on sunglasses and haul ass to Lollapalooza <laughs> this is so oh. dumb Gary we've been recording for too long yeah it's, it's like four hours so we gotta go <laughs> we gotta go um, but we will see you guys in two weeks to talk about up yep so uh, until next time it is the end of the show as we know it and we feel fine mm-hmm.